Can you introduce yourself? No. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. I'm <laughs> waiting for you to introduce the topic. Okay, people before topics, apparently. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Kate McGaw. I am the CEO and founder of Arclight Agile, where I am passionate about supporting leaders and agile transformations. Over to and you, I, Ryan. And I'm Ryan Smith. I am a certified, advanced certified Scrum Master, newly minted and certified product owner. Kate's partner in crime on the podcast. And um, today we are talking about, I just did the advanced Scrum Master training and I had not come across this topic before. It's a little, uh, I wish we dug into it a bit more because it's complicated, I, but I'm, I think it's very powerful and very intriguing. It's this Kinevin, right? I'm saying that right, right, Kate? Yep, yep, it's it, Kinevin. Yep. It's and a it's... weirdo Welsh word and it doesn't look like what it sounds like. Not unless, just like everything in Welsh, it doesn't look like anything yeah. that it sounds like, but it's Kinevin, and I don't know that I could really explain it, so I'm going to turn it over to you and tell us what it is. Okay, and, and the spelling of it is C-Y-N-E-F-I-N, pronounced Kinevin, and as you said, it's a Welsh word, and it means sort of habitat, accustomed, familiar. And the, the Kinevin framework is a framework used to help decision making. It was introduced in, or created in 1999 by Dave, Sto Dave Snowden. And it, it's described often as a sense making device. It allows particularly leaders or in, in the case of our class, the uh, scrum masters, to see things from new viewpoints. It allows them to address real problems by understanding where they fall within the framework. So it's a framework, it's a way to look at reality, and it's got five different domains. So the first domain and where most people tend to start this process is they're in disorder, which is that that fifth domain. If you imagine uh, a two by two grid drawn out with an area in the middle of all four of those quadrants, and it's the, the fifth domain and it's disorder. And this is really not knowing what type of system you're in. It's it's an unhappy place and your role as a leader or scrum master is to get your teams out of disorder into one of the other four um, domains. So disorder it tends to be where the majority of people start. Um, and then our goal is to use this model or use this framework to help get our teams into one of the other domains. So if we, we look at the other domains, we've got four different domains. The bottom right-hand side, well, actually the bottom, the, the two at the right-hand side tend to be what we call predictable domains. And the two at the left-hand side of our quadrant are the two unpredictable domains. So at the very bottom right of our quadrant, we have what we call the clear domain. Now, it used to be referred to as the simple domain, but it is the clear domain. And it, it, this is often referred to as, as the obvious domain. 
And this is where there is a direct relationship between cause and effect. So if I do this, then this is going to happen. So this is very much the domain of best practice. So if we have something that is maybe checklist driven, it will tend to fall into this clear domain. If you are baking a cake, you've got the recipe, you've got the ingredients. If you follow the recipe in the order, you should get um, your fluffy cake at the end of it. So this is where we have a best practice. There is a standard operating procedure for it. So this is the domain where Snowden talks about we sense, we categorize, and we respond. So we sense, we understand what we're doing. We know what practice we need to do. If it's this, then we need to do this, and then we respond. So this is very much the domain of sense, categorize, respond. That is bottom right-hand side. Top right-hand side, the other predictable domain is called complicated. And this is the domain of experts. This is a domain where there's a kind of fuzzy relationship between cause and effect. And this is very much the domain where we pull in subject matter experts. This is where there may be a couple of good practices, but there's not one that we have to do. Um, a good example here is if you're tr trying to launch a rocket to the moon, you don't know probably, or most of us don't know what we need to do in order to make that happen. But we pull in the experts in the field to help us do that. Maybe you're trying to build a house and you, you probably don't know the plumbing and the foundations and the electrical work. There are different ways to do it. You pull in different experts and they give you the good practices and you choose from there. So this is one tends to be more data driven because we're sensing again, but this time we're analyzing the data. We're getting the, the feedback from our experts and then we're responding. So this one is, is very much sense, analyze, respond. If we go back down to the clear domain for a minute at the bottom right, this is the domain of the known, un, the known knowns. We know what to do. The complicated domain is the known unknowns. So we know who to go and get the expertise from, but we don't necessarily have the expertise ourselves. So those are the two domains that tend to fall on the right side as predictable domains. However, on the left side, we have the unpredictable domains. And at the top left is the one that most of us are familiar with. And this is the complex domain. Now, in the complex domain, we only know, we only understand the relationship between cause and effect in hindsight. This is the domain where we probe, we try things, we try, we do safe to fail experiments. We probe, we sense, and then we respond. 
And this is very much the domain of emergent practices. It's the domain of emergence. This is where we want our scrum teams to be and our agile teams, because we want to have a safe environment for them to try things because sometimes they'll fail, but sometimes it'll work and we'll get really good new practices coming out of it. So that tends to be the domain we're trying to keep our um, our teams in as much as possible. And then we also at the bottom left have the chaos domain. And the chaos domain is the domain of rapid response. There is no relationship between cause and effect. We basically are acting first. So when we talk about this environment, we talk about act, sense and respond. And really what we're trying to do is stabilize the system. And we will get some really good novel practices in this domain. But if we keep our team there too long, they're going to burn out. So let me give you an example uh, from, from my environment a couple of years ago. So March 2020, my team delivered in-person scrum training on-site, two-day courses, either at clients or at hotel sites. And we had a comp, we, we had teams in the complex domain. We try things. If they worked, we do more of them. If it didn't work, we, oh, you know what? Let's do something different next time. But we knew the system. We planned for it. Uh, we tried new things. We get some emergent practices. And then March 2020, suddenly we're all in lockdown. And our entire business model was around delivering in-person classes. Overnight, we went to chaos because we had a team of people who couldn't do any work based on, on what we'd done traditionally. So we went into chaos. So my role as a leader in the complex environment is there to encourage my teams to try things, to have the teams come up with new ideas. But my leader in the chaos domain is I need to jump in and stabilize the system. Okay, so we've got eight courses that we need to rewrite from in-person to virtual. So let's get the team together. So got the trainers together. Okay, well, I'll take this class. I'll take this class. Okay, we at that time happened to use GoToWebinar. So we sort of, okay, let's use GoToTraining. Um, and someone said, well, we need some form of collaboration. Somebody says, let's use Google Docs. So, okay, we're going to use Google Docs for collaboration. Now, we've stabilized the system. We know who is writing which course. We know the technology we think we want to use. And everyone then went off and started working on their different courses. So we've moved now from chaos. Things have calmed down and we're now up to the complex again. So there's less crisis. It's not our domain of rapid response. We've rapidly responded and now we're getting up to the emergent ideas. And you know what, Kate, a lot of trainers are using Zoom. It allows us to have breakout rooms. Um, we think that would be better than the other alternative. Okay, that's fine. Let's use Zoom. Hey, Kate, somebody's using Mural. This thing called Mural allows us to have collaborative workspaces and whiteboards, and we think that would be more interactive for students. Great, let's use that. So we've gone from chaos, what do we do, where do we start, to, okay, 
We know what we need to do. We're going to try things and we're going to experiment and we're going to do more of the things that work. So I was able as a leader to get the team back from chaos to complex. So chaos is good for innovation, but if you keep a, a team there too long, they burn out. And the, the, the lines between them, I talk about a quadrant. It's not actually a quadrant. The lines between these five domains are sort of curvy lines if you look it up online. And the line between clear and chaos, so my bottom right is clear, my bottom left is chaos, and the line between the two is something that Harvard Business Review refers to as a cliff. And that is a team that is very best practice driven where we use the checklist this is what we do can very easily fall across off the cliff and go into chaos so as leaders and scrum masters we need to be aware of where our teams are and that is the one border we worry about because if it's a standard operating procedure and everything's going well and we're simply following that we need to be careful that we don't just drift into chaos occasionally. So it's being aware of that cliff between the two. There's not that cliff with any of the others. And it's not these two, it's the two funky little leg things at the bottom. Because for people playing along at home who might not have a visual guide, it looks like the most poorly drawn grid you've ever seen. Like it's a very, it's real weird. It's yeah. it's almost like somebody wrote this on a on a napkin in a bar one night, and we've all just used that image for forever. Yeah. And so there's just these wavy lines or rounded lines, and then this disorder it sits in the middle, not as like a nice diamond. Like if I was going to design it, it'd be like this nice diamond and sort of sit <laughs> evenly. And then you go straight down from disorder, and there's just this weird little break between clear and chaos. Yeah. That just isn't anywhere else on the grid. Yep. And and it, and it's so it's okay. So that's so sort of your cliff because this yep. is they're close to each other, but they're they're this is danger. Yep. Yep. Because you sort of threw out a whole lot of information. And, and the thing that this reminds me of is in Dungeons and Dragons, they introduce this sort of moral where you fall on this moral chart. And you can look at all characters in, you know, sort of fiction. They, they sort of the, the the it's like are you lawful are you neutral are you chaotic are you good are you neutral are you evil okay and sort of so character is either lawful good like mm -hmm. superman yeah or neutral chaotic omar from the wire yeah or like evil chaotic you know the joker and sort of you can put everybody like harry potter falls on the mm -hmm. grid captain kirk from star trek and luke's you can put everybody on this grid and because what it sort of tells you where they are. And so when I look at this and we've got chaotic and complex and clear, it's just like, oh, this reminds me of that sort of moral. Because yeah. it's a sense-making device. So It's a sense-making device. Because yeah. now you know, because because like the Joker is um, chaotic evil. So yeah. he's not just, he's not in it for the money. He's in it for the chaos. Yeah, he he has. There's really kind of no rhyme or reason to what he's doing. So he falls on the opposite spectrum from like Superman, who's lawful good. Superman's yeah. always going to do the right thing in all circumstances. Yeah, and and so it allows you to sort of put people because some people are like neutral, 
like right in the middle and you're not sure are they good or they evil are they in the right place where they're supposed to be or are they on a journey from one moral thing to another yeah and 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 then again like i'm looking at one of these where they have javert from les miserables like he falls on the the grid you know and mm -hmm. so it's like you can make sense of all these characters so back to kenevin yeah and and it because it, it does allow you to kind of look at your organization and yeah. go oh here's where we are yeah here's, like we're we're clear or you know we're complex and, and we'll have different teams in different domains Mm -hmm. And a team could be in one domain one day and then something chaotic happens and they end up in the chaotic domain the next day. So oh. it's, it's understanding that your team will be moving around these. Now, I'm not sure any of these are considered good or bad, mm -hmm. but your, your leadership style changes in each of the domains. So we, for example, if we're in the, we talked about the chaotic domain. So this is, uh, as leaders, this is very much the domain where we're taking immediate action. We're reestablishing order. We're providing very clear but direct communication. So back to the probably more of the traditional command and controls type leadership. Whereas when we're up in the complex domain, um, we're trying to create an environment and experience where we've got patterns that are going to emerge. We're trying to make sure there is a lot of interaction and communication within the team. We're trying to make sure that the, the team is generating ideas. We're, we're doing brainstorming. They're open to discussion and things like that. We're encouraging dissent and diversity so this is very much where we're talking about um our, our safe to fail environment where we're trying things and then so, at the yep so we shouldn't see unpredictable versus predictable the two sides or complex and complicated or complicated and chaos shouldn't be seen as like evil and complex and clear should be seen as good it's all kind of neutral it's just mm -hmm. a way of sort of framing where a team is at any given point in space and time. Yeah. And I mean, we use it for teams and we talk about leadership styles, but I know that people deal, a lot of people use it to assess problems they're having. Okay, well, where is the problem fall, falling? Is it a chaotic problem? Is it um, that type of thing? Is it something I, I can brainstorm and come up with some really new ideas? Maybe it's something that's... Com uh, complicated and I need to go bring in some experts to talk about it and, and know who to bring in and things like that so I think it it's can be used I've heard people use it for help them understand problems the the what I've used it for more than anything is how do I lead a team how do I lead an organization where they're in, in different um domains of these so in the couple of minutes that we have left, let's uh, let's let's talk about that. So you come into a situation, company says, Kate, yeah. come in, you spend a couple of days with our people, maybe you're leading a team. Are you gonna like bring a select group of people into a room and draw the the grid on a wall and say, you know, here's where these things fall? Are you then going to chart out like almost story map the way they behave or how are you going to figure out where the team falls in these? Or is it like, I see these sorts of behaviors, you're here. Yeah. 
or how are, how are you really doing it? Yeah, so I mean, I'm doing what I've what we talked about at the start, and I'm drawing it up, and then I'm probably saying what type of what are you noticing in mm. each? What do you think maybe some of the dangers are for each? What do you, as a leader, how does your leadership style need to change in each of these? And let's explore our teams where do maybe even we put our teams on post-it notes where do we think our teams are where do we need them to be if they're in complicated at the moment and we need them to be in complex what do we need to do to get them over there so mm -hmm. it it's it's a sense making model because it lets us understand mm -hmm. where our teams are at the moment and what if we know where they are we can coach and lead accordingly to get them to where we need them to be. And, and, but again, there's not a right answer for where they need to be. It's not like all teams should eventually be clear, which sounds a lot, you know, like, like, yeah, it's a little sci-fi, but that's yeah. not the case. Like it could be just complicated, like get the team to like, let's get, or should we say, like you said, we need to be, it's okay to be, chaotic but you can't stay there too long so the key is to recognize you're in chaos and sooner rather than later move out of that state to one of the other ones which are not going to burn your team out yeah and, and i think it's a sense making model in that it, it gives us information and a lot of it will be to do with the type of work your team does. If your team is doing more um, help desk checklist type work, they're probably going to operate mostly in the clear domain. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But mm -hmm. as a leader, I need to be careful that it doesn't become dangerous and fall over the cliff because um, the team is is they've got complacency and they're try they're trying to make com if we try and make an overly complex problem simple mm -hmm. and give it a checklist then we can very easily fall over to chaos so if we have a team that is is over overly reliant on best practices and things like that and something changes we can very quickly fall over the cliff to chaos. So it, it's understanding the type of work your team is doing and where the work tends to sit most comfortably. So it's, it. I guess it's work and team and the leader sort of adjusting accordingly. I mean, things like if I'm leading a team in the complicated domain because I'm pulling in experts to deal with it then i i may end up where i've got experts that are overconfident in in what they believe the solution is or i get multiple experts who can't agree and we end up with analysis paralysis so it's understanding what the 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 dangers are in each and and leading accordingly right so powerful tool Kinevin. C-Y-N-E-F-I-N, Kinevin, figure out where you are. I, I I guess like it's, it's, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Like I see the real power. I see like the framework, like, okay, I can, like, yeah. but I like this. So you, you can look for uh, your team. You can look at your work. You can look at your leadership and say, where are we? Where do we want to be? Yeah. 
And it, it's, as you mentioned, it's a great sense-making device. It's right. a great framework to help you have different ways to, to look at reality of what is actually happening. And you can Google it and find lots of different drawings of it. And the, the Kinevan company itself has their own website as well. So you can definitely get more information there. There's a Kinevan company. Yes, yes, there is. Um, it's called it's Kinevan, uh, the Kinevan.co. So T H E C Y N E F I N.co. So Dave Snowden created um, the company. Dave Snowden, who's the creator of the Kinevan framework, created the Kinevan company. Funny how that works. Absolutely. So enjoy using the Kinevan sense-making device and understanding as scrum masters and leaders and managers how you can support your teams using this framework. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.